Welcome to Spirits Podcast, a boozy dive into mythology, legends, and folklore. Every week we pour a drink and learn about a new story from around the world. I'm Amanda. And I'm Julia. And this is episode 113, Brazilian Creatures. I am excited. We haven't touched on Brazil in a while. Um, I'm also very sleepy because we just got back from PodCon. But my, my, my excitement is not any less fueled for a very good episode. Yeah, PodCon was amazing. We took the whole multitude team out there and people stayed with friends and used airline miles. Um, and then we got an expo hall booth, which was so much fun to be there as multitude and meet people, say hi to spirits listeners, give out these incredible wooden stickers that our listeners, TJ and Alana made for us. Oh my gosh, it was so fun. It was in fact. Uh, and it was really nice to get to meet some listeners in person. And I think we might've met a couple of our patrons. We totally did. And welcome to the fold. You can meet us at a future con. Sarah, Delia, Katie, Nellie, Eleanor, Tove, Kate, and Jordan. And they join the ranks of some of our favorite people in the whole wide world. We would hang out with you to con any day. Our supporting producer level patrons, Philip, Julie, Eeyore, Kathy, Vinny, Danica, Marissa, Sammy, Josie, Amara, Neil, Jessica, Phil Fresh, and Deborah. And we would give the hugest hug at any con or show to our legend-level patrons, Jordan, Jess, Sarah, Zoe, Sandra, Audra, Mercedes, Jack Marie, and Leanne. We, all the hugs for y'all. All the hugs. Julia, what do you have to recommend this week? Well, I'm going to stay on brand and I'm going to recommend, hey, maybe you should spend a whole week with people that you love and who create things that you love because PodCon was super amazing getting to spend time with people who do the thing that you do but are also like on the same wavelength as you creatively is such a wonderful experience and I wish I could do it every month instead of every year yeah it was so much fun (laughs) like I I don't know what else to say and for me it's always a little bit um, nerve-wracking to do a workshop. Like we did two workshops, one on um, sponsorship sales and one on pre-production for your podcast. And I always, like minutes before we start, I'm like, what am I doing up here? Why am I doing this? Why do I think I know enough to blah, 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 blah. But listen, like being upfront with people about what you know and what you don't and doing presentations where you try to like help people shorten their learning curve and be able to do faster or a little bit easier stuff that you learned that Julia and I slogged through with Eric for, you know, three years, like figuring this stuff out uh, was amazing. Um, So yeah, I totally recommend it. I I recommend like sending the scary email, you know, signing up for the thing that makes you a little bit nervous and deciding to surround yourself with people who you love and who you're inspired by. Absolutely. Uh, I like uplifting, uplifting recommendations. Me too. I know. I, I like I like recommending a book as much as the next person. But yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And to that end, we uh, write so many articles. I write so many articles about how to do podcast stuff. And they're all on multitude.productions. So if you're starting a podcast or a creative endeavor, if you want some help or you want to just learn more about how this is done, go to multitude.productions. And while you're there, sign up for our newsletter. That is the best place, the first place to learn about upcoming shows, our appearances on other podcasts, and more like when the audio from our presentations at PodCon goes up. So sign up for the newsletter and make sure that you stay in the loop. Amanda curates it and it's very purple and very wonderful. And there's usually a good gif in there. Thank you. I do my best to be uh, a little ray of sunshine and uh, buy energy in your inbox. All right. Well, without further ado, please enjoy Spirits Podcast, episode 113, Brazilian Creatures. (laughs) 
So, Amanda, we've had a couple of listeners request Brazilian folklore. Ooh. Thanks specifically to Anna and Victor. Uh, so I figured rather than like really digging in deep to one story, because again, I don't always feel super comfortable doing like areas that were colonized by white people stories just in general. Right. But I thought if we do a bit of a roundup, we can touch on some very cool creatures from Brazilian mythology and folklore. And because there are some really, really interesting and really, really fascinating ones. We're actually also going to see a lot of recurring themes that we've seen in other traditions as well. So let's like keep that in mind and we can like call them out as we go. If you spot any, uh, we'll make a little game out of it. How about that? Okay, I'm uh, I'm down for games. I'm down for games. And as always, listeners, if you know of a great author or primary source or person with firsthand experience in some of these myths, let us know. Send us an email and we would love to get in touch. We're first going to start with the Kaipora, which is specifically from the uh, Tupi Guarani tradition. The name is a Tupi word meaning inhabitant of the forest, and it is a very mischievous being. You know, I love a trickster. I You gotta love a mischievous being. That's just one of the rules of Spirits Podcast. So it is a forest-dwelling creature. Uh, it is sometimes referred to as the king of animals, and it will enact vengeance on hunters when they do not respect the rules of fair play when hunting. I love it. In the tradition, hunting is not supposed to take place on Fridays, Sundays, or religious days. So if he finds hunters hunting on those days, he will punish them. And how does he punish them, Julia? He will disorient hunters. He will make animal noises and leave fake tracks to get them off the path. And at the same time, also scaring away actual prey and hiding actual animal tracks. I love it. Chaotic good protector of the forest. Come to me. There are a bunch of them, actually. I think you're going to be very excited about this episode then. Oh, my God. I'm so delighted. (laughs) This is like, to me, this is like the actual form of what we think of as like chivalry. Like just some, some kind of... I don't know how to phrase it exactly, but like enforcement of of the the way things should be and like upkeeping rules and like fair play, like you said, yeah. you know, it just it makes me so happy. And it's not like some dumb night shit. It's like a protector of the forest being like, no, I'm sorry, you you have to, you know, stick to some guidance here. Yes. No, like, it's a circle of life, but also the circle of life has uh, some some guidance around it. It is funny that you compare him to a knight because I was going to say this later on, but he rides around a little pig. Oh, he has a little pig steed. He's a little pig and he's got a little stick as a weapon. It's very cute. Oh, adorable. Uh, so other things about the Kaipora's appearance, it varies depending on the story. Uh, sometimes he's a man, sometimes she's a woman, but they're usually portrayed as a naked, dark-skinned indigenous person having a long black mane and smoking a cigar. Wow. The little pig that he rides around on is a native pig called a pecari, and he is said to sometimes be a cannibal. So he'll basically eat anything uh, from small insects to unfortunate hunters that he's tricked. I mean, you know eat or be eaten like we're all animals here that that does make sense as a sort of enforcement of the forest rules for sure for sure also i would be afraid of a thing that was going to eat me and maybe think about how i'm going to kill the animals that i'm killing yeah have a little empathy for other animals whom you are trying to eat Ooh, oh, okay. I, I just get very excited because I can't wait for you to hear some of these other stories. Ooh. Uh, so the Kaipora was said to be afraid of light. So indigenous people would protect themselves by using firebrands if they were traveling through the forest at night. Kaipora is a term used in Northeast Brazil to mean someone who is going through tough times, whether they're be, they've been like super unlucky or they're just generally unhappy. Historically, the term was also used by the Portuguese to refer to enslaved people who escaped enslavement and then took shelter in the woods to avoid capture. 
wow, raising people who escaped this like horrific system, sort of like othering them, right? As like supernatural or cannibalistic or primitive with like big air quotes. Uh, You can tell that this is kind of one of those stories that's been corrupted by colonization. Like clearly there were, there's certain aspects of the story that you could tell probably were in the original folklore and the original mythology. And then other ones where it's clearly the Portuguese kind of messing with the idea of what this thing is. And we'll see that in a lot of the stories that we're going to be telling in this episode. Yeah, it's sort of the opposite of the syncretism that leads to, lol, it's not pagan, it's fine. When you take a tradition and just glom it into yours so that people, you know, don't think of it in other terms. It's sort of like saying, uh, lol, it's not real, it's pagan. In making something legitimate, which is, you know, enslaved people escaping bonds and like living the way that they want to live and making it into some kind of like otherworldly, supernatural, folkloric um, kind of presence. Yeah. It's it's definitely like a strategic thing uh, in that it, it definitely not in a good way, obviously, but uh, it's definitely a strategic thing that enslavers would use in order to control their enslaved populations. But you mentioned this does have kind of pre-Columbian roots. Yes, absolutely. You can tell kind of based off the fact that indigenous people had stories about them before the Portuguese got there. So the fact that they were afraid of light, so they used firebrands. The fact that they would attack hunters. Right. You know, but the addition of the religious days that people couldn't hunt on was a different thing that probably came in with the Portuguese. That's syncretism. Syncretism for you, baby. So similar to the Kaipora is the Kurupira, which is a slightly more westernized version of the uh, Kaipora. He blends European fairy stories with West African traditions. His name in Tupi means covered in blisters. And he is a small man that is known to have flaming red hair and backwards feet. So he confuses hunters and travelers trying to track him. I love that in its application. I hate the fact of it. I hate backward feet, Julia. I hate them. I know. And that's a very European thing. We've seen that in multiple traditions before. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how recent the sort of like image of demonic possession as like turning your head backwards is, but that is always what backward feet reminds me of. Fair enough. But I love it tactically. That's so smart. Like to to leave false trails and to leave a backward foot trail. Oh my God, I love it. Yeah, I knew you would. <laughs> so uh, similarly, he also rides a picari. And rather than imitating animals, he will produce high-pitched whistles that can drive a person mad or create illusions that help lead them off their path. Ooh. So again, kind of the mischievous forest guide kind of situation we have saw before. Shout out to the best character on Lost Girl, Detective Hale. <laughs> He, in particular, protects animals that are taking care of their offspring and are being targeted by poachers and hunters. Oh, thanks. <laughs> uh, there is also Sassi, who is a Black or Indigenous folklore character in Brazil. Uh, he, too, often smokes a pipe. And his most common identifier is the fact that he only has one leg and wears a red cap that is magic. Ooh, what does the cap do? Uh, it allows him to disappear and reappear wherever he desires. I love it. Uh, The cap, however, is said to always have a bad smell. Okay. Uh, And it is said that if you steal his magic cap or trap him, he will grant you wishes. Oh, so sounds like there's a bunch of stories about how he gets trapped, grants wishes, but then stuff is not better. Probably. It's said that if you steal his cap and wash it, you lose all of the magical abilities of it. So you're like, (gasps) I got this stinky hat, but I can't wash it because then I don't get my wishes. Oh, my gosh. 
Uh, he's also said to travel from place to place in the form of a dust devil. And stories say that people have been able to capture him while he's in that dust devil form in a bottle. Whoa. And what is the dust? It's like a little uh, tornado type thing? Yeah, yeah. Like when you when you see like, remember in the playground when we were kids, you'd see all the leaves and the dust start oh, to yeah. like circle around like that? Yeah. That's what a dust devil is. Little swirlies. A little swirly swirl. Them. Yeah. Man, sometimes, Julia, you got to take the stink with the wish. Can't have the wish without the stink. <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> I picked him specifically to talk about two because there is a cocktail that we're drinking for this episode that's named after him. Whoa. It is two ounces of cachaca, which is a fermented sugarcane liquor, and then 1.5 ounces of honey. And you mix that all together. And it's actually a traditional home remedy for curing a cold, as well as being delicious and very, very sweet. Well, I it is very sweet. And I feel like this would be an incredible hot toddy if you added hot water to it. But I wanted to enjoy the pure experience that you have provided me with. I appreciate that. Thank you. The color also reminds me of chicha, the best liquor of all time or alcoholic beverage. Um, which I enjoyed many, many pints of when I was in Cusco. Aw, nice. In general, Sassy is a mischievous trickster. He'll hide children's toys. He'll tease dogs. He'll set animals loose. He'll prevent eggs from hatching. He'll sour milk. He'll burn stews. If a popcorn kernel fails to pop, it's because Sassy has cursed them. Ooh. Isn't that hilarious? I love that one. That's so and cute. are there any ways to deter his influence? Yes. So basically, if anything goes wrong in the house, Saucy is blamed for it. Right. But you can appease him, much like European fairies, by leaving him gifts. He nice. prefers tobacco, and he prefers the cachaca liquor, like we mentioned before. Uh, he is also said to be able to turn into an elusive bird that cannot be captured. And in Whoa. this form, he has this melancholic, sad song that no one can quite track where it comes from. Like, you'll just hear ooh, it in ooh, the ooh. forest, and you're like, where's that bird at? I don't know. I love that a lot. The sort of like, I've been picturing Will-o'-the-Wisps a little bit, like the those traditions Very you know, similar. are sort of informed yeah, by the same by the same things. And so I imagine just like the Will-o'-the-Wisp can kind of like appear all over the marsh. Um, I'm picturing the the sound is like coming from all over the place, uh, like in a, in a horror movie, but mm-hmm. uh, nice and just like melancholy instead of horrifying. <laughs> yes, I, I dig it. If you are being chased down by a mischievous sassy, you simply need to cross a body of running water and he will be unable to follow you. Ooh, he's not going to give up that stink. No, got to get that stink back. Oh, my God. Got to take the stink with the wish, Julia. Got to take the stink with the wish. That's our new slogan. Goodbye. Kind of creepy, kind of cool. (laughs) Got to take the stink with the wish. Can't have a wish without the stink. Can't have a wish without the stink. You're absolutely right. No Uh, stink, no wish. (laughs) Do you have more? Do you have more? Come on. Go go, go for it. No. No, you're good. I I think no stink, no wish is the best version of this. We'll put up a Twitter poll. Let us know what you think. All right. All right. I'm going to get us more drinks real quick. (laughs) Doesn't seem like we need them right now, but we're going to go get some more drinks real quick. And then I'm going to tell you about the like less humanoid versions of Brazilian forest creatures. Oh, Jesus. Get me a refill. Woohoo. Hey, Amanda. Yes. We just got back from PodCon. We're both very tired. Uh, But hey, here's like a cool thing that happened. I got a very cool outfit from Stitch Fix right before I left for PodCon. Oh, that timing. Excellent. And I asked, I was like, hey, Stitch Fix, I'm going to a con. I got to look professional, but I'm also 
a big old punk. Can you send me some good clothing so that I can look like a badass while I teach people how to podcast? And Stitch Fix was like, yes, of course we can. Here is a leather panel pencil skirt that you can wear to your conference. And I was so happy. I mean, each of your outfits every morning, I was like, damn, damn damn yeah stitch fix crushed it also several podcasters that i talked to at the conference were like oh yeah this is stitch fix let's just gesture to a part of their body that they were wearing clothing on doing great work we we love stitch fix we love our online personal styling service they deliver clothes shoes and accessories that fit your body your budget your lifestyle no matter who you are no matter your gender they send you dope stuff that you're going to love wearing. Yeah, you just have to go to stitchfix.com slash spirits and tell them your sizes, what styles you like, and how much you want to spend on them. And then you get paired with your own personal stylist, and they handpick five items to send right to your door. Then you try them on, you only pay for what you love, and then you return the rest. The shipping, the exchanges, and the returns are always free. And you don't have to like pay into a subscription. You can sign up to receive schedule shipments, or you can just get your fix whenever you want. And the styling fee is only 20 as long as you keep an item, that $20 is applied to that item. Right. So then the whole service and the shipping both ways becomes free, which I really love. There's always something in my box that I really, really dig. And if you end up keeping everything in the box that they send you, you can get 25% off the whole thing when you use that code. So make sure to go to stitchfix.com spirits to get started. And that will automatically apply any discount to your box when you keep all five. Yep. That is stitchfix.com spirits. Thank you, Stitch Fix. All right. And our second sponsor this week is Siren. We told you about it last week, but I just want to emphasize again, like this is a TV show. It is kind of sexy. It is kind of creepy. And it's about mermaids and they want to advertise with spirits. So I, I think it's just like the coolest thing ever. But the the protagonist is about a powerful and alluring mermaid named Rin. Um, she mysteriously comes to shore in a small town and she throws men into windshields to defend herself if she has to, which mood. Mood. Very, very much mood. And in this season, more mermaids arrive. So this is the moment in, in any story. I think we talked about this um, in the hero's journey with our friend Misha, where like the hero's individual life becomes much bigger, right? Like their story opens up and the world expands. The stakes rise. Exactly. This is a really wonderful time. You can check out Siren on Freeform and the new season premieres tomorrow, Thursday, January 24th at 8 p.m. So don't miss it. You should watch it. It is very sexy. That is Siren on Freeform. And now let's get back to the show. So Amanda, let's talk about the less human side of creatures hiding in the forests of Brazil. Do we have to? Yes, we do. Will Jim McDaniel and Thea be really stoked about these creatures? Because if so, I'm scared. (laughs) Almost assuredly, actually. Um, All right. I will say there's a couple that I left off the list just because we've kind of talked a little bit about them in the past, like uh, Boto, which are the... um, the like river dolphin seductress creatures. We've talked about those a little bit. In the mermaid roundup. We did. First, I'm going to talk about Mapinguari, which I'm going to go out on a limb here and call it uh, basically Brazil's Sasquatch. Ooh. It is usually considered either ape-like or like a giant sloth. And it's said to have thick red hair and lives in the Amazon rainforests of Brazil and Bolivia. Checks out. The creature is said to have only one eye. Sometimes, rather than the red fur, it's said to have lizard skin, long claws. Again, backwards feet. They love a good backwards feet creature. Again, appreciate how it confunds people in the forest 
hate the image. And then probably my favorite aspect of the creature, a second mouth on its belly. Nom, nom, no. nom. Going to eat you twice. Oh, no. Um, modern cryptozoologists think that it might be a thought-to-be-extinct giant sloth called the uh, Megatherian. Oh, you know, that's just theory and whatnot. I, I do I do give the cryptozoologist credit where they're like, mm, well, you know, there are those giant sharks that we thought were extinct for hundreds and hundreds of millions of years, uh, but they're still around. And then you're like, oh, yeah, cool. Thanks. Thanks, cryptozoologists. Appreciate I know you. that that kind of like that tie to like evidence, evidenced historical like fossils and stuff always makes the theory that much more tantalizing. It's it's very good. But hold on. So so let's let's interrogate the second mouth, cool. please. Do it, please. So same prey, both mouths, like just nomming more at once. My feeling whenever I have movie theater popcorn, like Julia, I'm a pretty I'm a pretty like well-mannered person. My my mom raised me with with manners, and yet every time I'm in front of popcorn, I like hold as much as my hand can hold and shove it all into my mouth. I completely understand that feeling. Jake and I have a rule when we go to the movies now that I am not allowed to touch the popcorn during the previews because it will be gone by the time the movie starts. <laughs> I just like, I don't know what, like, I can't have three pieces in my mouth. I have to have 15. Yes. No, I get it. Trust me. So is this what this mouth is for? It's just like numb on that prey all the way. Yeah. I think it's just like, I'm going to split it up and eat as much as possible with both my mouths. Okay. okay. Good IBS same. tip too, is to eat smaller bites and eat more, more, you know, small meals throughout the day so that your, your tongue gets a chance to just like work on it throughout the day and doesn't get too overwhelmed. IBS corner with Amanda McLaughlin. That's me. Um, but I also would like to posit to you that second mouth at different level is a great, a great way to just like eat the whole tree. Like imagine a giraffe where the giraffe had second mouth on his chest. That would be great. Giraffe uh, head gets all those top foliage, but belly giraffe gets all that medium foliage, all those small plants, all those little forest dwellers. This reminds me, I can't remember where it's from, but there is a comic about how centaurs graze. Because obviously oh. they're not like reaching down with their weird oh, no. human body. <laughs> and so someone suggested that centaurs, like where the horse chest kind of ends, right. there is a second mouth there that allows them <laughs> oh. to graze easier. I'm just, I'm just saying that it would really give you like that whole vertical experience. It would open up so many possibilities. Mm. Yeah. I would think it's an evolutionary trait. I know. I frequently wish that I had second pair of hands so that I could do dishes at like crotch level, which is where most sinks feel like they are for me. <laughs> like my bathroom sink is like fully at my hips. Like it's very low. I wish I had like extra arms coming out of my shoulders so I could reach higher things. Yeah, I know. But instead, Julie, we just have to be biffles and help each other with everything. That is true. Together, we make a reasonably sized person. <laughs> I thought you were going to say together, we make a reasonably okay cryptid, which I think is also true. That is also true. Oh, fan artists, please draw that right now. Okay, bye. <laughs> okay, bye. Okay. Uh, so this has been Second Mouth uh, Interrogation Hour with Amanda McLaughlin. Thank you. It was very good. Uh, so according to the legend, uh, it is slow and can move through thick vegetation without making a sound. Yeah, this is it eats it. This is why it's so dangerous. Okay, you can't hear fair. it coming. Luckily, you can tell it's coming your way from the putrid smell that it has <laughs> and the fact that it releases a very loud shriek. <laughs> oh no, that'll do it. Back in 1937, there was a report that Mapinguai were going on a rampage for three whole weeks. They killed over 100 cows and ripped their tongues out. Yikes. 
It did not eat any humans, but observers say that it, when it smelled humans in the area, it would straighten up in an effort to intimidate the humans, standing at about seven feet tall and moving similar to a grizzly bear. Whoa. Yeah, it's a big boy. I know. I guess there's a temptation to treat like humanoid looking creatures or cryptids as like a thing you can reason with. Um, but that must be pretty terrifying to like see a... a creature a person like i think that's part of the appeal of of the yeti and sasquatch is like looks like you could reason with them and yet probably not how about the headless mule more scary horses julia what are we doing here uh so this is a thing uh it also very clearly has roots in early colonial era of brazil because of its origins uh so the headless mule is said to be the ghost of a woman who has been cursed by god for sins in some stories the sin is that she had sex with a priest inside the church in others it's just that she had premarital sex yeah that first version sounds so over the top that i'm like i don't know about that i don't know about that like you want to sin here's a sin times three yeah so uh really neither of these reasons are good enough to punish a woman in particular and not the man but that's a rant against the patriarchy for another time i feel like spirits listeners are with us on that like we we all know we know what's going on she was condemned by god to be turned into a headless mule who has fire spewing out of where the head should be okay okay so she gallops across the countryside every thursday evening from sundown to sunrise the finally (laughs) the following morning oh no Uh, Usually the mule is brown or black and has silver or iron horseshoes that make a terrible trotting noise, much louder than any other horse you've ever heard. I bet. Uh, When the mule neighs, it is kind of deafening and it sounds more like a woman crying and screaming than actual neighing. That is very bad. Did you see the Annihilation movie, Amanda? I did. Okay. Do you remember the horrible bear creature that gives me nightmares that does the woman screaming? Oh, Julia, I sure do. So that's what that reminds me of. Yeah, the the image is is like tolerable for me, but the noise that's pretty bad. Yeah, uh, I feel like any we've talked about this before, but like noise based horror is particularly unnerving, and, and like hearing a thing before you see it. So both of the shrieking, thanks, and the very loud horseshoes, <laughs> the clip clop. Oh yeah, the to me that really clip-clop. like rounds it out. Yeah, oof, oof. I love horrifying clip clop. Horrifying clip clop is definitely like I don't want to say EDM. That's too easy. Maybe like a, like a, I don't know, death metal band? It's a Maybe death metal a, like, band. house music band? It's a death metal band that uses steel drums. There it is. <laughs> we got there. Excellent. <laughs> very proud of us. Uh, so the headless mule is not always a mule. Uh, it's actually very similar to lycanthropy. The transformation usually happens at a crossroads, but the curse cannot be transmitted like vampires or werewolves because it needs to be acquired as a result of sin. What do you mean at a crossroads? Like a like a literal crossroads? Yes, a literal crossroads. So you get to one and you're like, oh, oops, mule now. <laughs> ah, yep, basically. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> that would that I mean, I get it as like a wanderer, how those would be tied together, but oh no, that would very much incentivize me to like never leave my village. Well, I, I assume that like they must be drawn there because they're they're cursed to do this thing every Thursday night. Like a right. like a D&D session that you want to get out of. <laughs> Sorry, can't. Uh, oops, I'll mule. <laughs> so you can temporarily reverse the transformation by spilling the mule's blood with a prick of a needle or Ooh. 
by tying her to a cross. I mean, there's some kind of crossroads pun here that I'm just not going to interrogate. Yeah. You should never cross the mule's path if you run into it, uh, or it will follow you until it can trample you down and kill you. I mean, I, I'm actually respect to all the crossroads motifs here, because like crossing a person's path makes an X, right? Like it makes a crossroads and then you make them kind of veer off the track. Do you want to hear what your best case scenario is if you run into the uh, the headless mule? Just hide and, and let her rip? Uh, your best case scenario is to lay down face first on the ground and make sure that you cover your teeth, your nails, or anything on your body that shines uh, and hope that the mule doesn't notice you because it doesn't have good sight. You know, like a T-Rex in Jurassic Park. I mean, does it have sight because it has no head? Or just like un- unearthly otherworldly sight? I would assume unearthly otherworldly sight. <laughs> Wow. Well, that that definitely checks. I'm glad my instinct was right that you just like lie down and and hope that, you know, no one hears your breathing. But covering the reflective stuff. ooh, that's a whole nother like visceral level of of hiding. Well, it's you know, it's head is flaming. So your like fingernails and your teeth will reflect the flames. Oh, damn. Good point. Another creature of the forest is the boyuna or the black snake. It is a huge nocturnal black snake that is extremely territorial. It basically, it lives in rivers and it will attack and frighten away any fisherman that wanders into its territory and can transform into various forms. Like what? Stories say that it is turned into a canoe, a sailboat, even a transatlantic ship, uh, or simply a woman who will try and lure fishermen away from its place of rest. Whoa, I really didn't expect the like, vessel transformations that's awesome i the the fact that it can turn into a transatlantic ship i'm thinking like steam engine oh yeah lucid uh lusitania yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, lusitania yeah that's how i'm picturing it like just chugging down a river and then it's like by the way snake time very little scarier than a than a river snake Mm -hmm. that's true like snakes aren't bad enough on land now they can swim yeah except for mommy wada she gets a pass oh no i mean she's the best i'm Mm -hmm. assuming this is this is a a scary male snake. Yes. Yes, of course. Only the scary male snakes. Oh my God. On Instagram today, I saw a tiny little snake that was like the size of a segment of your finger. And he was so sweet. I love snakes. They're very cute and they're so pretty. Tiny, tiny nope rope, tiny danger noodle. <laughs> love a good tiny danger noodle. There is also the bestafera, uh, which I saved towards the end because it is the Brazilian version of the centaur and also <gasps> the devil. Oh, boy. Oh, baby. So it is said to be a form of the devil who leaves hell during full moon nights and, you know, does devil stuff. It's not out there killing anyone, but it is said that it uh, has a such a terrible look that if someone sees their face, they go mad for a few days and then eventually recover. Okay, well, I'm glad it's not like fatal. But uh, Julia, what if th- what if all the devil wants to do is just like go to book club? What if they just want to like get some froyo? What if they just want to like take a walk? And people are always like, no, 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 blah, 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 persecute, 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 blah. And the devil's like, I just want to talk about Middlemarch. It's actually very funny because, so let me just get through this. We've established a centaur is a horse body and a human torso. The sound of its hooves uh, is enough to strike terror into anyone. Uh, And it is said that a pack of dogs will follow it as it rides about baying and howling and making just everything much scarier. Okay. It is said that it will ride through town until it finds a tomb 
and then disappear into it. So all I'm thinking is now now that you brought it up, all I'm thinking is this like this poor little centaur just like wandering around and then all of a sudden a bunch of dogs start chasing. It's like, oh no, oh no, I just Again. want to go for a walk. And then it just runs <laughs> and it's like, how do I get home? How do I get home? There's a tomb and then jumps into it. It reminds me of Spike in like later seasons of Buffy where Spike is like, I just want to have a house and it just like wants to live his life. Can I just not live in a mausoleum for like two seconds, please? Can I just like not deal with slayers ever? Except for the one that I fell in love with. I saved my favorite for last. And that is the Ayanga. This is another Brazilian spirit who is known to be a protector of animals. I did put it to the last because I really, really like it. And I think you're going to find it very interesting. The name means old soul. uh, And it is sometimes confused with the phrase that the Jesuit missionaries used for the old devil. But uh, Ayanga is not demonic, though it should be feared. Oh, I love when I like write things down like that. I'm like, ho, ho, ho. one second. Yeah. Yeah. You give me like a knowing like arch look. Oh, yeah. Before the arrival of the Europeans, the Tupi believed that Ayanga were spirits that wandered the earth after death, sometimes tormenting the living. But the most common form the Ayanga would take is that of a white deer with fiery red eyes. Whoa. The Tupi believed that if prey managed to escape from a hunter, it was because the Ayanga had protected them and helped them escape through illusions. Again, we're seeing that kind of same parallel. The main story of the Ayanga goes that an indigenous man captured a young fawn and was torturing it so that the screams of the fawn would attract the mother, making her easier to kill. Yikes. Yeah. Uh, When the mother deer came near, he killed her, only to realize the Ayanga had created an illusion, and that he, rather than killing the deer, had killed his own mother instead. Oh, man. Yeah. Got that real, like, cyclical, make-your-own-fate type fable. Yeah. Yeah, for real. I I really like the Ayanga, not because I love deer spirits my (laughs) entire body i love a deer spirit deer spirits are just my shit yeah but like the fact that it almost has kind of a um like a it reminds me of the story of dionysus where Mm -hmm. a man is spying on the women worshipers of dionysus going through like you know a, a bacchanal basically yeah and Dionysus noticed that. He's like, mm, nah, dude. So he uh, uses his like madness on his followers to convince them that uh, the man was a lion and the women attacked him and ate him. Yep. That's what this reminds me of. The back eye. Great play. Very fucked up. Yeah. I'm glad that our high school theater teacher t- took uh, our class to see it when we were like 16. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Really enjoyed it. I was very into it. Very, very metal. Fun. Uh, Yeah, so that is my roundup of some Brazilian creatures that we should know and love, even if some of them are terrifying. I love it. I love it so much. I just really felt the um, location, like the groundedness of these spirits Mm -hmm. and like the environment in which they they come and the environment from which they come. And I really want to learn more about Brazil and its many, many traditions, just the like amount of uh, people and cultures brought there willingly and unwillingly, um, you know, have produced such a like fascinating, multifaceted country. Yeah. And I bet the traditions are like unending. Yeah, for sure. This is just a small sampling of all of the stories that we can get from Brazilian folklore and mythology. Um, I would love to chat with someone who is more of an expert on this at some point, but I just wanted to give our listeners a little taste so that hopefully at some point we can do a guest episode with someone who knows a lot more than me. Well, I really appreciate it. I feel like you chose really great kind of appetizer, little amuse-bouche spirits for us. 
And I hope this is one of many visits we make to Brazil in the future. Me too, me too. Can't have a wish without a stink. Gotta take the stink with the wish. Remember listeners, take the stink with the wish and to stay creepy. Stay cool. Thanks again to our sponsors, Stitch Fix and Siren. Stitch Fix is an online personal styling service and you can get 25% off your box at stitchfix.com spirits when you keep all five of your items. And Siren is a TV show from Freeform whose new season premieres tomorrow. It is the story of an alluring and powerful mermaid named Rin, and I think you're gonna like it. That's on Freeform, the show Siren. Spirits was created by Amanda McLaughlin, Julia Shafini, and Eric Schneider, with music by Kevin McLeod and visual design by Allison Wakeman. Keep up with all things creepy and cool by following us at Spirits Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Tumblr. We also have all of our episode transcripts, guest appearances, and merch on our website, as well as a form to send us your urban legends at spiritspodcast.com. Join our member community on Patreon, patreon.com slash spiritspodcast for all kinds of behind the scenes stuff. Just $1 gets you access to audio extras with so much more available too. Recipe cards, director's commentaries, exclusive merch, and real physical gifts. We are a founding member of Multitude, a collective of independent audio professionals. If you like spirits, you will love the other shows that live on our website at multitude.productions. And above all else, if you liked what you heard today, please share us with your friends. That is the very best way to help us keep on growing. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time.